Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Lax Factor Podcast. What is up, college lacrosse fans? You're watching episode 157 of the Lax Factor Lacrosse Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about conference tournaments, and we're going to speculate about seeding and all that crap. Some of the conferences already have teams who have locked up spots. Uh, the Big Ten, for instance, already has the seeding and the schedule already done. So we're going to talk about all that. We're going to get a quick little update on the the uh, Chase Scanlon situation at Syracuse, and we'll talk about a bunch of the upcoming games this weekend. Before I get into it, as always, be sure to like and subscribe. We're getting close to 9,500 subscribers on YouTube here, so we only, I think, needed five more uh, or something like that as I'm recording this early at the Crack Ass of Dawn on Wednesday morning. So subscribe blindly, like the videos, and as always, you can go to laxfactor.com, get yourself swag, t-shirts, hats, hoodies. I guess I'm fully decked out again today. So let's get into this. Uh, before we do all the conference crap, we'll do a quick update on the Chase Scanlon scenario, which is I'm not going deeper into it. I think a lot of people are chirping lacrosse media, which I am not a, a member of the lacrosse media. I'm just some lowly podcaster in my office, basement, office you know, doing this crap. So certainly I am not going to risk popping off uh, about this too much. The, there are rumors. If the rumors are true, it is a bad situation. But we're also being like a bunch of people have been told as well that, hey, there could be lawyers involved because this it could potentially be involving a legal matter. And that if there's lawyers involved, nobody in the media, nobody in the press, and no podcaster certainly wants to pop off about this stuff before it officially comes out and before things are officially decided. Uh, the fact that the, the, the accusations and the rumors are serious, the fact that the team yesterday, they were supposed to have practice. The story goes he was reinstated uh, I, I, like the day after he was suspended or something to that effect, and that he was potentially going to be at practice on Tuesday. This came out Monday. Um, so once that news hits, uh, slowly but surely you start hearing uh, things come out from the players' side that the players are talking about walking out of practice if he's there on Tuesday. They end up meeting with Desco reportedly, and uh, and they end up having a practice separate for Scanlon from the team. And it's and the team then wanted to meet with Desco, and they did, I believe. And now I think this morning it may have been, or maybe it was yesterday. They were meeting with the AD Wild Hack at Syracuse as well. So. For the team to turn on him like this, it is not good, a good situation for Chase Scanlon to be in. And if what they're saying is true surrounding why the team is turning on him, then, you know, be with God to everybody. It's going to be a tough, tough one. It's going to be a bad look for Q's lacrosse. It'll be a, a bad look for everything. It's just bad all around. So I'm not going to go into it. Listen, people are getting mad that people are talking about it, but then being vague. It's news and the information that I'm alluding to is out there, but there is nothing confirmed. It could just be rumors, and this could might not be what people are claiming it is. Who knows? So until I know for sure or until someone else risks it and starts popping off about it, I'm not saying anything else other than it is not looking good, and everyone like me is fearful enough that attorneys may be involved that we aren't saying shit. 
So that's it. Let's move on. Big 10. Big 10 Conference. The tournament uh, will rock a six-team field, and it is going to start with two quarterfinals ga- quarterfinal games that will be played on the campus of the higher seeds on Saturday, May 1st. So the Big 10 tournament starts right away here. The number one seed, Maryland, and the number two seed, Rutgers, they both get buys. So that'll be good. So they don't have to play in this opening round. They'll only have to play in the semifinals, which start midweek next week, May 6th. I believe May 6th is is a Tuesday of this upcoming week is when the semis will be. But the quarterfinals will be played on May 1st. Actually, I'm not in May. Yeah. No, that's Thursday they'll be played. And then May 1st to Saturday. So, yeah, quarterfinal games are Saturday. Uh, both the semifinals and the championship game on May 8th will be held at Panzer Stadium in Penn State. Now, Maryland, they earned the number one spot because they went undefeated and they swept the big. The Big Ten did not allow their teams to play out of conference, so Maryland goes undefeated in the Big Ten. They go 10-0. and They get the number one seed. Rutgers swept the Big Ten. Other than Maryland, they get the number two seed. So that's how that's going to work. Now, Maryland is going to play the winner of the Ohio State and Michigan game, and Rutgers will play the winner of the Penn State and Hopkins game. Now, how this worked, Penn State, they ended up getting the three seed. So we have Maryland as the one, um, Rutgers as the two, Penn State as the three because they beat Ohio State both times, Ohio State as the four, and then Michigan and, and, and Hopkins ended up in a tie. I don't know how a conference like the Big Ten can have a turn, you know, can be this huge conference. One, it's got to be one of the most poorly run, monstrous, profitable machines that are out there, similar to like, let's say, a Tesla or something like that. But uh, yeah, so Hopkins and Michigan, they end up having a tie. So you'd think that the criteria would go all the way down the list. And if they still ended up at a tie at the end of it, that they would have some kind of unbreakable criteria that isn't a coin toss, but not so. I'm looking at it and I was like, well, it would be pretty easy for me. I would just say, hey, if everything else was tied, winning percentages, like opponents, score differential and all that crap, if all of those things resulted in a tie, I would want to write into the the bylaws or whatever it is that decides the criteria that, hey, in their head-to-head, what happened? Because I assumed in their head-to-head, the margin of victory had to be the, the same. It wasn't. The margin of victory in the head-to-head I think it was Michigan beat Hopkins by two, but Hopkins beat Michigan by like seven or five or something like that. It's like, all right, there you go. Hopkins deserves the five seed. Michigan gets a six seed. But no, the Big Ten did not have their criteria drawn up that way. Their criteria ends up in a situation where you could still have a tie, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of having freaking criteria in the first place. And Michigan beats Hopkins on a coin toss for the six seed. So that's how it works. Maryland's going to play the winner of Ohio State-Michigan. Rutgers plays the winner of Penn State and Hopkins. So either way, I I guess even though Hopkins lost that, it's kind of kind of makes Hopkins path to the finals a little better because their path to the finals doesn't involve having to play Maryland. So I guess maybe that and in that light, it's good. I don't know. It seems weird. Seems weird to me, but uh, I'm not, you know, in terms of who's going to win this one, Maryland's the favorite to win this. I mean, hands down, but the fact that Hopkins hung so tight in that last game, and, and Maryland has had scares for three quarters against almost every team they've played before waxing them in whatever quarter of the game they, they got their separation on. I, I mean, I like Maryland's chances, but hey, sunshine's on a dog's ass daily, so somebody's going to win this tournament, uh, and I think it'll be Maryland. Rutgers, though, 
They have a shot, but then you could even get like you could just have a team like Hopkins or Ohio State or someone get lucky and go through, especially because do or die here. You lose this game, your season's over. So you're going to see a lot of teams battling hard in the Big Ten, but Maryland, eh, Maryland's probably going to win this, and Rutgers will get a, a bid regardless. Now, one thing that comes into play if you're really getting down deep into bracketology, what if Ohio, someone other than Ohio State and Maryland wins this conference tournament and gets the automatic qualifier? Do you see three teams from the big get in? I would make the argument. Obviously, Maryland's resume is rock solid. Rutgers' resume, you would think going into this tournament, their resume is rock solid. But the reality is that they, the teams that they've beat, I'm not sure who's left ranked, but their resume in terms of like normal tournament years isn't all that great. So it's like if, if, if Ohio State wins the tournament, let's say, they get the automatic qualifier. Another Big Ten's putting two teams in, Ohio State and Maryland. Does Rutgers still get in as that third team based on the fact that they went 8-2 and two in conference play? They'd end up being 8-3 and three with two losses to Maryland and one bad loss to whoever beats them in the tournament. So Rutgers is just going to want to avoid that. Ideally, Rutgers and Maryland make the finals, and then this is a no-brainer for who gets into the tournament. But Rutgers has a history of getting screwed in the tournament when it comes to tournament seating and getting in or not getting in. And they're going to hope that does not happen to them again this year. But I think even if someone other than those two win the tournament, I think Rutgers probably still makes the NCAA tournament. They're too good. They're ranked too highly, but their RPI is going to be low would be what I would assume. So, but Maryland's going to win it all in, in terms of their tournament. So who cares? CAA, and I'm not going through these in any order. It's just the order I wrote them up. The this, uh, the Colonial Athletic Association, I assume, is what the CAA stands for. We have Delaware and Drexel. They seem to have locked up the top spots in the CAA conference tournament. The third spot looks like UMass may snag it uh, with Towson and Hofstra both in the hunt as well. And they split uh, with each other, as did UMass and Hofstra. So it's like the, the CAA, beyond those top two teams, Delaware and Drexel, it's anybody's guess as you get down to the bottom here, Hofstra plays Fairfield, who they beat by a margin in their last go. UMass plays Delaware, who they haven't faced yet. And then Towson plays Drexel, who they lost to by two goals earlier in the season. So if history is tell us, telling us anything in terms of how these conference matchups where they've played each other twice goes, Towson's probably going to beat Drexel because we have seen a lot of revenge games where the loser of the first contest wins the next. And I don't know. So in terms of the in terms of the the tournament spots, though, they're up for grabs here at this point, and it's really they're just jockeying for seeding at this point. The Patriot League, Lehigh, Loyola, and Boston U have all clinched Patriot League playoff spots. Army, I think, is the most likely to land the fourth uh, the fourth spot. And they did expand the field, so Navy and Colgate are both up for spots as well. In fact, it would seem that those are probably. Uh, the six teams that are getting in, and it's just a matter of where they end up being. I believe that the way it was originally drawn up when there was only four teams, they split the Patriot into two conferences, and the winner of one conference would get the one or two seed, the winner of the other conference would get the one or two seed, and whoever was you know had the better winning percentage out of those two in the overall conference play would end up getting the one seed in the tournament. So, but, but then Holy Cross ended up bailing, so not everybody ended up playing Holy Cross, and Holy Cross was in the Army conference side of that conference where they already had four teams instead of five so I have no idea how it's going to shake out outside of they split there they they expanded the field I know Army's four and two in the league with Colgate left and I think they're both in regardless 
So I think that really we're just dealing with the seeding, if I'm if I'm correct. And uh, once again, I'm just prognosticating. I have no freaking idea. But uh, in the end, Lehigh, it looks to be the favorite in this conference. Lehigh has been playing incredible lacrosse. Uh, Sisselberger keeps them in every game because he's winning the possession battle every game, no matter what happens for the most part. And they're offensively really solid. Defensively, I don't know. They're, they're a little bit suspect simply because they played some close games even with winning all of the face-offs for the most part. So that would lead me to believe that their defense might be a little spotty here, but offensively and at the faceoff dot in the middle of the field there, they are incredible. So they got to be the favorite, but you know, you got army who's, who's dangerous as well in this conference and uh, Boston used not playing terrible Loyola. So you have a lot of teams that are in the mix here, but it looks like those top spots are decided. Lehigh Loyola and Boston U they're all in. I would assume army is definitely in as well. And that it's just a matter of seeding between them and Colgate in their side of that conference. And uh, we have Loyola, who's already in. I don't know. I'm rambling now. It's crazy here. SoCon. SoCon. Richmond beating Air Force this weekend would seemingly give them the number one seed in the SoCon tournament. Behind them, High Point and Jacksonville still have to play. Uh, to decide who gets the two seed. Both are at four and one. And there's been this weird dynamic in conferences this year where sometimes, at least in the SOCON, I believe it happened, teams were allowed to play another conference team. And I believe it was either the first or the second game, depending on the conference, that counted towards the conference standings. I think in the SOCON, they're counting the second meeting between teams as the conf the official conference game. But I don't know that either for sure. But I know that, like for instance, two teams played Bellerman twice. So I don't know what that means, but I do know that they are saying High Point and Jacksonville uh, are both four and one in the conference. They play to decide who the two seed is. Richmond, if they beat Air Force, they're the one seed. I think Richmond pretty much has the one seed locked up anyway. Uh, Air Force lost to Mercer, so they need to beat Richmond or their season is over, assuming the SoCon is only bringing four teams into the tournament. Mercer plays Bellarmine last, and it would seem if they win, they're in over Air Force. So that's kind of how that plays out. It looks like the tournament's going to be Richmond. Jacksonville, High Point, and then uh, Mercer if they beat Bellarmine, and maybe Air Force if Mercer loses and Air Force beats Richmond. Did I do that math right? Any of you people who are SoCon fans, you can correct me, but that's what it's looking like is going to happen in the SoCon tournament. And for all of you guys that are just listening, at least the people that are watching can stare at my sweatshirt or they can stare at something on me behind the wall here. You people that are just listening to me ramble on, I'm, I'm, I'm curious how this... Uh, this episode's going to play because I'm just reading a lot of one-liners off at you as I go. The NEC Conference, St. Joseph's, they have the one seed locked going 7-0 in conference play so far with Wagner left. Now, this is another one of those conferences where everybody played one team twice, and I believe that was part of their regular conference schedule, but it's also possible that one of those games didn't count towards the conference play. I don't know exactly, but here's how I'm looking at this playing out. St. Joseph's has the one seed locked going 7-0. and They have Wagner left. LIU is coming in with three losses at 5-3. and They're done for the year uh, after losing uh, to Bryant yesterday. Bryant picking up the win over LIU is now, and I don't know why I said they're, oh, done for the year, not done for the year, meaning their season's over. I meant done for the year, like they don't play again until the tournament. Bryant picking up the win over LIU is now five and two in conference with the Mount left to play. Hobart got a win yesterday. They're now five and two with Sacred Heart left to play. 
So the final three seeds are still up in the air a bit, but Hobart holds the head-to-head over Bryant should they both lose their final game and finish 5-3, and three, but LIU holds the tiebreak over Hobart and Bryant. Oh, wait, no. LIU holds the tiebreak over Hobart, and Bryant holds the tiebreaker over LIU because Bryant just beat LIU yesterday. It hurts my brain that there's so many things that play in this one, and I don't know how it's going to play out if we have a three-way tie in terms of records and they have to go right down to the criteria. And then that math that the criteria involves will seemingly make that simpler than it is for me because I don't know what the hell their tournament seeding criteria is. But that's a, that's a good one. But it seems like those four teams are probably the teams that are in it. I think that the, the teams below them, Wagner and Sacred Heart and them, were all out of, out of contention. I think that it's just the final week will decide seeds two through four in the NEC tournament. And even if they had six, I don't think they do though. Uh, semis are May 5th for this one. So they get started next week. America East conference, another very interesting conference this year, two teams, UMBC and Albany, both just joined Stony Brook, uh, as being teams that have already gotten into the tournament. So UMBC, Albany and Stony Brook, they are in the America East tournament field, uh, because they all picked up wins over the weekend. Retrievers beat the Seawolves in a thrilling overtime contest with the Great Danes beating New Jersey Tech. Yeah, so UMBC has been impressive here. Binghamton, it kept its championship hopes alive with an 11-7 win over Vermont. So either the Bearcats or the Catamounts will be the fourth and final team in the field. UVM, Vermont needs a win in either of its final two games. So Vermont just has to win one of their final two games against Albany or Stony Brook. So both Really t- solid teams. Vermont ha- kind of has its back against the wall, having to play two really good teams to, to, to end their season, and they have to win at least one of those games. And if they do, boom, they're in the tournament. So Vermont has everything. You know, their their fate is in their own hands here. Uh, or Vermont even could they could lose, or Binghamton could lose to Low Mass, uh, Low Mass, UMass Lowell to secure a bid. So Binghamton needs Vermont to lose twice, and they need and Binghamton needs to beat UMass Lowell. Vermont just needs to win one of their games or have Binghamton lose and they're in. So that is how the America East conference is shaking out. But we already have UMBC, Albany, and Stony Brook in. And now it's between Binghamton and Vermont. Vermont, win, and you're in. Doesn't get any easier than that. Now we will break off into games. And there, remember, there is a conference I haven't talked about yet. That conference would be the shit show that is known as the Mac. And right now, the Mac has a bunch of really bad teams in it. Uh, Monmouth, Quinnipiac, Canisius, Manhattan, St. Bonaventure, Marist, Detroit Mercy, and Siena. And they're so bad, I don't know how any of these teams are doing or how they shake up, except I know that if any one of these teams makes the tournament, they're probably going to be an easy out right off the bat, but it looks like Monmouth is is up for the one seed. Quinnipiac could win this weekend, and maybe they could pull something out here, but that that's the tournament I didn't talk about because it interested me the least. I'm sorry. If you're a fan of one of those teams, my bad. I, I'm sorry, but I am not sorry. Games this weekend. Villanova and Denver. That, or actually, that's not even this weekend. That's games tonight. Games tonight, Denver at Villanova and Albany at Vermont. So right off the bat, Vermont gets to try to get themselves into their conference tournament uh, and keep their season alive here. If they knock off Albany tonight, they're in the America East tournament and Binghamton is out. Albany 
they're already in. So you wonder how much that plays. Albany knows they're in the tournament. They're still going to want to beat Vermont because they hate them, and there's nothing better than making your conference foes sad by increasing the chances they don't get to make the postseason. So I know Albany will be playing tough. So that's a big one tonight, 4 o'clock. You can stream it. Go to the calendar on Inside Lacrosse if you don't know where to stream it, but all of the America East games have been streamed all year. Thursday night, we have a big one, Georgetown at Loyola. I've been complaining about Georgetown's schedule all season. They have a chance to play a ranked and quality conference opponent, or not conference, non-conference opponent in Loyola, so that'll be a big game. That is going to be televised on the CBS Sports Network tomorrow night. No Thursday night ACC games, sadly. That's okay, though. Friday, we got a huge slate of games being played. We've got Marquette and St. John's, St. Bonaventure and Detroit Mercy, Sacred Heart and Hobart. That's part of that whole NEC trying to jockey for position in that tournament. Uh, What else we got? Binghamton and UMass Lowell. So Binghamton, their whole season comes down to win against UMass Lowell on Friday. You're at least alive, depending on what happens in that Vermont game uh, tonight. Uh, But they'll be watching very intently that game tonight with Vermont and Albany. We have another huge game in the CAA. UMass and Delaware are facing off Friday night. Fairfield and Hofstra play. So a lot of games that have uh, conference tournament implications are going on Friday night. And then Saturday, it's kind of a a short slate of games here with the highlight of the weekend being Syracuse at Notre Dame. And then another big one is Stony Brook at Vermont, especially if Vermont loses to Albany tonight. That Stony Brook-Vermont movie is going to be an almost much wa- must-watch for sure. And then we have, that's really kind of it, Colgate, Army, Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah, and then we got the Big Ten tournament starting. So beyond Syracuse and Notre Dame, and then maybe that Stony Brook-Vermont game, there's not a whole lot of excitement here this weekend. I'm wrong. Jacksonville High Point, that's going to be a dogfight. And that will determine seeding for the SOCON tournament, Air Force, Richmond, same thing. But like, yeah, the big games here for me and for most lacrosse fans, because most of us are fans of either Big Ten teams or um, ACC teams, because that's just how it shakes up. Syracuse at Notre Dame, that's at noon on Saturday. And then we have the Big Ten tournament games, Michigan at Ohio State, 4 p.m. on Saturday, Johns Hopkins at Penn State on 6 p.m. on Saturday. And then we have the season finale for the ACC The ACC season will be over with Duke facing North Carolina. Duke at North Carolina on Sunday will bring their seasons to a close as well. There is no ACC tournament. That's why I didn't talk about that. As we said in last in uh, Saturday's uh, Sunday's episode, uh, the ACC teams all five are getting in. Syracuse beating Virginia that sealed their deal. So all five ACC teams will end up making the NCAA tournament. I'd gotten into a discussion in a Facebook group where someone had said that Robert Morris ad by Syracuse was good because if Syracuse could win that game, that improves their chances of making the tournament. My argument was if Syracuse loses to Notre Dame and if Syracuse loses to Robert Morris, they're still probably getting into the NCAA tournament. You know, at six and six with the gauntlet they had to play within the ACC with two wins over Virginia, with wins over other ranked teams like Albany and Stony Brook and Vermont. I think Vermont's now not ranked, but they could end up ranked by the end of the season. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that, that that gives Syracuse a good enough RPI to get in because nobody played as many ranked teams as Syracuse did. I mean, Syracuse had to play, uh, f- what is it, six games against top 10 opponents or top five opponents or six or whatever the the top ACC teams are now. Then they had to play Army. Their losses are to Army, to Notre Dame, 
to Duke and to North Carolina. So, I mean, right now that's their four losses with two wins over Virginia, uh, win over Albany, Stony Brook, Vermont, and the only non-ranked or the only win that they had that where it, it wasn't a team that was at some point ranked was uh, over Holy Cross, I think, or something like that. So I think Syracuse gets in no matter what. But that's the la- that's the true last game of the year is Friday, May 7th. Syracuse plays Robert Morris in their regular season finale as other teams will be playing in their conference tournaments and things like that. So uh, Duke, what, what to look forward to Duke at North Carolina is does North Carolina regroup here? Does North Carolina play slightly better defense than they did against Duke in the first game? Colin Krieg played great in the last game. I think Duke struggled clearing the ball a little bit. A lot of things will change, and it's going to shift how that game plays out. But this is going to be a battle of juggernauts, though, so it'll really be a chess match in this one. Now that they've already seen each other, uh, Duke pulled out the win. Now we get into, all right, what's going to happen here? Now that they've they've got tape, they've gotten to play each other, they've gotten comfortable, they've gotten to make their adjustments, how much more exciting is this game going to be on Sunday? So that's it. That's it. There's not a whole lot of news. Uh, Saturday, Sunday's show, we're going to go through and we'll recap the games as always. There will be no live stream Saturday morning. I'm done with the live stream until the following weekend. Once we get into the true tournament, uh, uh, conference tournament games, uh, not this coming up week, but the following week, I'll get back to doing the live stream on Saturday morning and we'll do the live stream through the NCAA tournament as well. But yeah, no, I got a, a, f- a funeral. Saturday morning. I do have to get back because I have an interview I have to do after that. But yeah, Saturday morning, it's just I've had crap to do here as the spring rolled on. I've got kids. I've got a gun hobby. I like to shop for and buy guns. And I've been dealing with all that crap Saturday morning. So the live stream has faltered. There will be no live stream this Saturday, uh, but be back Sunday for the full recap show for all of the games that are played on uh, through the rest of this week and into Saturday. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll rock it like that. So, hey, that is it. I'm getting the heck out of here. Uh, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. We're approaching 9,500 subscribers, so we just need like four or five more. Be the one to put us over. And uh, you can go to laxfactor.com get swag there. So that's it. Come back Sunday morning about 10, 11 o'clock. We'll have Sunday's show out recapping all of the games that get played through the rest of this week and on Saturday. Hoost is out. 